The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Hey, 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 happy all day, every day. It's your man, Vince, the voice, Bailey. And once again, it's Black Mental Matters, Black Mental Matters podcast, where we work to erase that stigma around mental health, particularly in the black community. And man, we got some major stuff going on. I'm telling you, a recent study showed that suicide rates among young black girls ages 13 to 19 nearly doubled from 2001 to 2017. For black boys in the same group, the rates rose 60%. Check this, ages five to 12, black males committing suicide at higher rates than any other racial or ethnic group. What is really going on for our young people to be so down, despondent, where they want to stop the pain by committing suicide? Now, this is going to be a deep show, but at the same time, you know, I try to keep it a little light because, listen, just the fact that we're talking about it gives me hope. And I hope it gives you hope. And I hope you talk about it with your friends, your family, find out what's going on with our kids. And uh, I hope today this uh, podcast lends a little light on the subject. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's Black Mental Matters. It's Black Middle Matters. I'm your host, Vince DeVoice Bailey, joined once again by my good friend, and I'm telling you, such a great expert, health and wellness educator, subject matter expert. It's Makiba Reed Johnson. She's back. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. Great to be back. Oh, yes, it is. It's uh, <laughs> always great to talk to you, Makiba. And, you know, you always have such a good information to share and such an uplifting. And that's why today's program, I mean, wow, uh, our young people, uh, kids, uh, just to get right into it with suicide, it has really risen in every state, Makiba, over the past 20 years. They say this has risen throughout the United States. Uh, the, the talk, you, you called me. We, we heard about a five-year-old. Talk about that. Sure. So um, suicide deaths in Georgia have been the highest in the nation between 2015 and 2017. We have the highest. We in had Georgia. the highest wow. in Georgia in the nation oh. between those two years. And we're still looking at the subsequent data for those for 18 and of course, 2019. In those suicide rates of youth, um, the ages were five to 11. So we do have, you know, children as young as five years old um, dying by suicide. So so this is definitely something that is, is causing some major concern. There have been several roundtable discussions. Um, SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, about a year ago um, called together a roundtable of leading experts on African-American mental health and wellness to try to start identifying ethnic-specific risk and protective factors contributing to suicidal behaviors in children because now what we're trying to look at is that black and brown children present symptoms of depression and suicide differently. Mm. So what people have been looking for that's not how our black kids are presenting mental health issues. Like, you know, when I was, you know, growing up in the 70s, you know, people 
thought you were kind of walking around sad. That's what depression looked like as a child. You were withdrawn. Of course, those are some of the symptoms. Um, But now we're starting to look at it's 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 different with black kids. They're more aggressive and they're expressing it externally. And it's being um, overdiagnosed as behavior disorder when it's actually depression. And that's why a a lot of this is going unchecked. And I tell you, the the numbers and and that's what we really want to drive home. If you are you know not aware of just how prevalent it is, uh, it's suicide is the second leading cause of death for people aged uh, 15 to 24. This is according to the CDC. Uh, Even younger, it gets younger than that uh, for our young people, where it's the uh, second leading uh, cause of of, of death. And so when you're a kid, it's like these are kids who are who are considering it. There's places also uh, in the United States where it seems that it's much more prevalent. Mm -hmm. Uh, We say, of course, African-Americans, this is Black Middle Matters, uh, but actually American Indian and uh, Alaskan Natives, they're at more risk. Uh, Males more than three times than females. Uh, And then in certain states, and and this is what got me, uh, like Montana, Alaska, Wyoming, New Mexico, Utah. And these are places that are pretty, uh, what would you say, remote. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that's telling me something about loneliness and, you know, the mind, uh, you know, taking you to places. I mean, this is this is going on. I think you gave me a statistic. Would you say one in seven? What would you say? Every seven days? Yes. Yes. In 2018, it was reported that one child in Georgia committed suicide every seven days. See, you keep bringing it home for right. me. I'm trying to help the yeah. world. You tell me, no, brother, right, right. here. Yes. In our own backyard. Door, in our neighbor backyard. People we went to school with. People yes. we go to church with. Yeah. And uh, and so that's, again, why we're here. And so, again, Makiba, you know, just uh, you've been such a, a great well of uh, information. And, and when you talk to what was the story behind this five year old? Um, well, I, I don't have that specific information because when I looked at the data, it was the age group, the okay. age group from five to 11. Wow. Um, but I can say that um, part of the issue with this has been that kids are dying at younger ages because they have um, easier access to more deadly means of suicide, wow. um, which is basically right now firearms. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and also, the, of course, we have, um, you know, suffocation, unfortunately. But, you know, that that's been the biggest problem with it is that these suicide attempts have been successful for the most part with very, very young children because they've had access to very dangerous means of committing suicide or dying by suicide. And, you know, when you say, how could they even, you know, get there with this peer pressure of today and the internet, you know, and you hear about cyberbullying and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, transgender, that's another, that tells me that 40% of those identify as true because they're, you know, confused. People are telling them they're conflicting with themselves. They're conflicting, uh, you know, with the community. Yeah, and they're not conflicting with anyone. They are trying to live their true expression of who they are. And that's right. a whole nother level of um, discrimination and things that, that the, those d- demographic of children have to deal with on top of the extra societal stuff that every child has to deal with. That's right. Yes. As a kid. And, and could you imagine, you know, you're a kid and you can't decide, well, what, why am I more attracted to the, this side, the, the, the boys, uh, than I am the girls? Mm-hmm. And uh, then you hear of, you know, someone outing them, quote unquote. Yeah. And, and uh, so, I mean, again, this is 
one in seven here, or every seven days here in Georgia. Yeah. Um, the, the reason I really wanted to start this conversation with you, Vince, is because I read something online. It was a mental health blog by a woman that was saying she was tired of seeing that when a person dies by suicide, the influx of commentary that says, you know, they look so happy or we didn't realize that, you know, there was anything wrong and they had so much going for themselves. Because what it made me think about is when this isn't identified early on, because it starts in childhood. If this, if your depression or anxiety or whatever mental health issue that you're struggling with as a child is not assessed and identified and treated and and supported, that you learn to camouflage it Mm. and you learn to adapt with, especially as a black person, Mm. you know, because our whole thing society wise is about grinding and getting out of the situation that we're in and surviving, you know, this environment. So we don't have spaces where we're having dialogue where, you know, we can say, especially to the kids, hey, you know, you can just come into this space and talk about something other than, you know, what is your plans for after college to go make a whole lot of money, you know, how are you going to support yourself? We've got to redirect the conversation with our kids. Mm, our kids deserve it. And, and now that we, you know, have so much access to data and uh, access to our professionals and access to information. But again, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We're not expressing it to others. And you don't know that word that you have uh, in your inside of you could be the lifesaver for someone. Right. Sometimes even just with a smile, right? Yes. You know, sometimes even even with a smile. And, right. Um, I, I'm just blown away uh, at the statistics again. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we're talking about young people, but 10th leading cause of death overall yes. uh, in the United States. Add all of them up, you know, we're talking about cancers and, mm-hmm. you know, getting hit by a car, getting shot, homicide. Number 10 is suicide. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and with that being said, Vince, you know, we have talked a lot about collectively, you know, what black mental health looks like for us as a people. And I, I just want to kind of take it back to, you know, when we were in villages and we were living communally, our struggles were collective. You know, yes. when a, an elderly person passed away, your grandfather passed away, the the village mourned or the village celebrated their home going or, yes. um, you know, if there was a birth, you know, you celebrated collectively. If there was a death, you mourned collectively. Now we're in this society where it's, you know, our, our model of success is competition mm. with one another, mm. you know, who can get the best job, who can get the highest education, who can make the most money. So when we are going through something where we feel like we're by ourselves. Yes, yes, and that's why talk therapy is so effective because it takes the place of, or it, it, it provides a part of what that village used to provide for us where we had other people to talk to and it didn't feel like we were just trying to deal with something on our own because I think that's that's been one of the biggest issues that we've had collectively is that we don't talk to one another anymore because we're now in this space where everything is just about grinding and being competitive and being successful and just overcoming you know social adversity social injustice racism poverty you know that's been our our focus 
space. So we've got to start providing some spaces where kids can have an opportunity to start talking. We're going to uh, dive dive into that because can you imagine a kid also with the fact of just trying to grow up and all those kinds of things are being expressed into them, their lives yes. and they, they're sponges, you know, whether they're two years old or five years old, they're getting that emotion, they're getting mm-hmm. that, that 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 feedback and, and, and listen, stigma, what's that, is that the word stigma? Yes. But what's stigma spelled backwards? <laughs> Am gets right. We am getting some. <laughs> we am getting some solutions here today. When we come back. We're going to talk about the causes with these young people. Signs, parents, that you could be looking for. Uh, you know, so that we can stop this epidemic. Literally, uh, every seven days, a child in Georgia commits suicide. We're going to stop it. Okay, Black Mental Matters. We'll be back in a moment. The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Welcome back. It's uh, Black Mental Matters. Vince the Voice Bailey, along with uh, your friend and mine, Makiba Reed Johnson. She does so much again. One of the Atlanta and I want to say the world's most sought after health and wellness <laughs> professionals. Uh, she approaches it holistically, mental, physical, and she's a two-time Golden Gloves boxing <laughs> champion. So, you know, she just got it going on. Hey, Mikiba, how you doing, girl? Hey, Vince, Heard I'm doing good, you. bro. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it is. And, you know, we have conversations and, and when we talk about, uh, again, these uh, the suicide rate with our young people, this is a serious show today. As we said at the beginning, if uh, this is, you know, causing some internal uh, turmoil for you, you know, we suggest you turn this off and, and uh, go to, uh, talk to someone as fast as you can. Because now, uh, Makiba, you know, the numbers are so high for our, our, our young people with suicide. What are some of the signs? And, and in addition to that, maybe there's some causes, uh, some some common denominators that we're finding with our with our young, young people. Um, yes, um, Vince, the research points to um, indicators like poverty, mm-hmm. violence, homelessness, um, lack of resources in you know in our schools in 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 communities of color, um, lack of support for Black queer and trans youth. Mm. There's also a correlation between the um, free lunch program wow. and behavior disorder mm. and um, poor test scores. So we're looking at all of that data um, collectively. So it is a socioeconomic issue that's indicative in our community as to, you know, when you have these types of things that are happening, you know, the, you know, high, you know, rate of poverty, a lot of violence that you have kids that are expressing, you know, anger are always in a lot of trouble, you know, and the teachers are, you know, they're they're doing their best, you know, the parents, they're doing their best because they don't know what else to do. They are throwing them in detention and they're, and they're um, suspending them. I, I actually saw, and I'm not sure if, if you saw this online um, a couple of years ago, it was 2016, I think, a, an elementary school in West Baltimore um, launched a meditation and mindfulness program. And they started taking kids that had been referred to um, detention and putting them in a mindful moment room. And this was a partnership between the school and a holistic life foundation, which I think was an was an LLC, a nonprofit organization. When they implemented the program, their suspension rate went down to zero. Made them think about it, huh? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So what they started doing was instead of um, 
penalizing students for poor behavior or for acting out. They would teach them how to meditate. Okay. They would teach them yoga. They would introduce them to um, aromatherapy. They would teach them how to be still and to connect with what they were feeling and be aware of their emotions instead of just acting out. And um, that's actually been a, a model now for other schools to start looking at, you know, what this was, how it, it happened, how the school launched this. And I'm, I'm really wondering why, you know, with Georgia being highest in the nation, why this wasn't used as the best practice, you know, why there's not something that's been rolled out nationwide that's that's similar to this. Well, you you know, you talked about the the, the strategies and those are those are excellent. But, you know, breaking that down, you you know, poverty, that's that's something you can't just fix, you know, with uh, uh, but perhaps as a parent doing things, getting them out, even to the park. You know, get them away from some things at times. Uh, when you mentioned the uh, breakfast program and stuff like that, it's no doubt, folks, that uh, if you're hungry, you go into school, you haven't had nothing to eat, you're hungry, yes, you're going to act out. And then, of course, it gets compounded then with you're hungry, you're acting out, and and you're poor. So maybe you don't got the Jordans and you don't have this. Mm-hmm. So now you're getting uh, some pressure and 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 uh, teasing and uh, you know put down by your by your peers. Uh, then you're coming home and there's the Red Street Crips waiting on. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could easily see how a young person could be so disillusioned uh, with life. So so what if, if a parent right now, what, what signs should they be looking for, Makiba? Uh, because they can't be with them all day. They don't know that all that's going on with them. Uh, what are some of the signs perhaps that we could see in young people that say, uh, he is a candidate for sure. or she? Sure. Well, some of the signs are withdrawal. Um, changes in their personality, changes in their appearance, um, changes in their mood. You know, if they're, they, they used to be a little bit more upbeat and now, you know, they're a little bit down or, or not communicative. You know, if they're talking um, in a hopeless manner or mm. if they're mentioning suicide or if they're romancing or romanticizing suicide, um, those statistically have been documented as signs. Um, but I'm, I'm actually going to challenge that mm-hmm. to say that you know, the signs are sometimes with, with kids, they're so subtle. I mean, if you think about, you know, withdrawal, that's the kid playing a video game. Right. You know, nobody's, that's not a red flag right. in most households, right. you know, right. changes in personality, like kids are moody, you right. know, what, what, what does that look like? Right. You know, in, as far as you trying to figure out if, if your child is okay, you know, changes in appearance, changes, you, you change know, all the time. It, exactly. Right. Got a new style. It's a right. New thing. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what it really boils down to Vince is, is taking the time to start talking mm-hmm. to our kids to not um, over schedule them where everything is not get up, hurry up, let's go to school, eat your lunch, do your homework. But to actually have time to just sit and just be mm. and just be still and, the, and talk. One of the things that you always talk about is talking and asking them, how do you really feel? Yes. How do you feel? I mean, they can even when they're smiling, but how do you really feel about things so that they are able to express themselves in a better way? Because as you say, when suicide comes, they're not trying to hurt. They're trying to stop the pain. Exactly. And and a lot of times it's it's through talking, through right. getting it out, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Right. And, and that's actually very important what you just said, mm. um, because a lot of people who hear about suicide, especially as parents, they really don't know what 
that is. And they're looking at it more of, you know, acting out or seeking attention um, or someone trying to hurt themselves. People who die by suicide are not trying to hurt themselves. They're trying to escape the hurt that they're feeling or mm. that they're dealing with. Yes. So, so, so that's, that's also part of the dialogue that has to change. And if you think about, you know, a, a, a child, I always think about it when I, I'm, I'm driving in the morning and I pass a, a bus stop and I always look at the kids and I just wonder, you know, out of that little group of kids, you know, who's the one or who's the two that are hurting or that are yeah. sad because school is just such a place for kids just to all day, just be trapped in their minds mm. and, and just feel by themselves. And then they get home and, and there's no, you know, space to actually talk about what they're going through. And then, of course, you know, in the instance of the online bullying, social media, you know, there have been instances. I have a friend, I think I mentioned you to her, um, her, her to you, you know, her, her son died by suicide at age 10 and he was being relentlessly bullied and she was reporting it Wow! and there was no action taken. Yeah. 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 And, and so she did her due diligence Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so, you know, what, what, what more could she have done? You know, it's, uh, I have a, I have a friend who, and she, um, she doesn't live in this area. However, her son was bullied. It was on video. This is very recent. And, uh, she took it to, you know, the news and everything, uh, where, um, the, the kids at first, and it was a black on a white on black thing where at first there was nothing done to the kids and then they got a 10 day suspension. This is over the past couple of weeks. But my thought also with that was the feeling of the kid after the, the her son, you know what I'm saying? When we talk about again, how do you feel? Cause okay. Yeah. Mama, we got them boys for messing with me, but internally I was bullied. And then not only was I bullied, I'm on the news everybody in school oh man you know um, yeah so so i I guess we say that to say that no one solution is the one right right Right? absolutely right Mm. you're absolutely right and that's why we've really got to start collectively everybody parents teachers Mm -hmm. um school administrators, Mm -hmm. principals, vice principals, you know, we've got to start talking to the people that have our kids for eight to 10 hours a day and to build that relationship where that child has, we know that child has someone in their life while they're at school where they can go talk to and that they also have someone in the household that they can go talk to. But Vince, we also need to be aware of, and you know, this is a sensitive topic. We also need to be aware of the environment that we are creating in the house because what happens a lot of times is that when you know a parent does finally put a child into therapy the child feels like still that there's something wrong with them they're the only person in the family that's in therapy when actually the whole family needs to be in therapy because then that sends a message to the child that hey it's not just you we all need someone to talk to because we've all got some things that we've got you know, to work out and that you are also helping to redefine and recreate that environment because there's something going on in the environment that you might not be aware of. And it's it's not your fault. And I can speak, you know, by, you know, from experience, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and my own depression when I was parenting and I was very, as my dad called me, high strung. And I, I was passing that on to my kids and I was creating a very um, rigid 
you know, structured. I, I, I homeschooled my kids and boy, I mean, they were learning, you know, the periodic <laughs> table of elements and, and it was four. exactly <laughs> right. right, right. right. Um, right. And it wasn't until later that I realized, you know, I was I was doing it all wrong. Mm. And, and, and then when I did start having those conversations with them, I had to really eat some humble pie and, you know, realize I did a lot of stuff that I could have done better. And it took me realizing that for them to be able to be comfortable talking to me about things that you know, impacted them negatively that then we could start having some dialogue. Well, I'm, I'm going to, and I, you know, sorry for your boys had to go through it for a minute, <laughs> but you were the scout who did, who did, I mean, you thought what you did, what you thought was right. And everything about that sounds like it is the right thing to do. Yes. I'm going to teach them and they're going to be the most brilliant and the world is your oyster. Well, mama, I don't, I really just want to eat some catfish. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> right. you know, I'm good with some shrimp. Yeah. I'm okay. And uh, so, hey, that's what this is all about. It's Black Middle Matters. This is Vince along with Makiba. Come back uh, and uh, some more strategies on success and hopefully things that can help reduce this epidemic, this tragedy, this this just terrible thing that we have it's called youth uh, uh, suicide. We'll be back in a moment. Black Middle Matters, Vince the Voice, and Makiba. And today, I, you know, I, I, I hope I don't sound too up, but I feel good in that we're having this conversation, Makiba, about our young people and suicide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, it's a terrible, terrible thing, but I feel like what we're doing today can help the situation. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and that's why I'm so glad for all the uh, outreach and work that you do, uh, um, you know, for, for folks. Uh, so that hopefully it doesn't ever come down to this uh, drastic of a, of, a, of an action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today, again, the, the, the numbers are there, the uh, signs and things are there. Now, what are some of the strategies? What I, I want to ask you, when things happen in a young person's life, and again, from their eyes, like mom and dad get divorced or there's arguing in the house. I mean, kids are seeing this. This doesn't cause it. But it can definitely add to the likelihood, huh? Yes, yes. It's it's definitely a factor um, because kids internalize mm-hmm. everything. Everything that's going on around them, as far as they're concerned, is, is their fault mm. because they don't know any better. Um, so, yes. So things like, you know, domestic violence, um, divorce, um, even, you know, kids that are in families where there's a lot of arguing, those kids are, are at higher risk for suicide. So definitely those things do have an impact on kids. So then uh, we as adults and parents, we can kind of check ourselves, even though I need to holler at you about something. Literally, we're going to wait till uh, we get outside and handle that like adults. Yes. And not put it in front of these kids. Right. So so and so eight o'clock, meet me outside I, the back. Because right. it's going down. Catch these hands. Tired of these chicken every night. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know? No, but I'm, I'm glad that you, you brought that up, Vince, because, you know, when you really think about it, home, especially for kids, should be their refuge. Yes. Home should be a safe space. Home should be your soft place 
your soft place to land. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is harsh mm-hmm. with, you know, like I like to say in my mind with lots of pointy edges, you need a place, especially a child needs a place to recharge and to feel safe. And the home has got to be that safe space for kids. The, the, they, they're, they're dealing with enough in school. Mm-hmm. When they come home, they shouldn't be subject to the arguing and the screaming because then you're unfortunately, and even though, you know, you're not in, intentionally doing it as a parent, but that that's, that's adding to the, the child's mental health problem. So so that's one thing that we can begin to focus on ourselves as, as parents, as adults in these young people's lives. And, you know, sometimes the home, it's tough, but uh, we have uh, uh, places that young people gather uh, or uh, organizations. Uh, so we need, we need to treat all these places like it's a safe space for Absolutely. these young people. That that can help them. That's that's something that, that's good. And then we can, you know, keep an eye on them and, and, and see if some of those symptoms that you talked about, you know, manifest themselves. What are some other strategies uh, that we can do to hopefully lower this, this, this madness? Well, definitely we need to look for culturally responsive mental health services geared for young children of color. Okay. Um, Specifically. Yes. Yes. So, so if you are putting your child into therapy, you need to make sure that that therapist can connect with your child Mm -hmm. and has the same experiences that your child has um, so that they can build that relationship. Because the the worst thing to do um, is to, you know, be in in therapy with you, with what you feel as a person that does not understand your history or your background or does not speak the same quote unquote language that you speak. So Uh, that's extremely. Time out ain't going to work on Jaquall. I'm telling you, Jaquall is not going to take time out. <laughs> Miss Susie. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. People that understand how we really work and operate. Right. Exactly. Um, and and on, on top of that, um, I just also wanted to add that black children make up 19 percent of preschoolers, but 47 percent of suspensions. Mm. So instead of punishment, you know, we've got to start looking at other things that we can do as parents to address, you know, when your son and I've, I have two of them when they're in school and they're getting in trouble, you, you can't add more trouble when they get home because, you know, you're not addressing anything. You've got to open up that dialogue and figure out what the heck is going on. You know, why are you so angry? Why are you getting in trouble? Because it's not that they're bad kids. There is no such thing as a bad kid. Right. You know, there's something going on within that child that needs to be worked out. And, and you know, and I know we're all busy uh, as uh, you know, we're out there, like you say, grinding and everything. But if I have a child in school, I'm going to make sure at least one day or two days out the year, at least. Come on, I'm just would you at least meet that teacher? Uh, you know, something like that. I do understand though that for a number of adults. School wasn't too cool for them. Absolutely. They don't want to go up there. Right. They, they, boy, if you, they have to call me if I have to go up to the school <laughs> and relive what Mr. Johnson did or Mr. Whatever did back me back in the day. And so you're we got right. that whole uh, dynamic going on. But but if you at least just meet the people at the school, uh, I, I think that can help a lot. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I, I think one of the issues has been that when some parents, you know, build that relationship with the teacher, then they're getting called all the time time. Hey, he didn't sit down today. Hey, he wouldn't do this today. You don't want that relationship either. You know, you want to build the relationship where, hey, you know, let me know what's going on and we can work together to figure out, you know, does he need counseling? Does he need to be in an after school program? Does he need more physical activity? You know, not you calling the parent all day long, you know, three and four times a day when the parent's trying to work to let them know every behavior that your child is doing. 
Makiba, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be looking at these numbers uh, even closer, and uh, we're going to be, and I want everyone listening, you as well. We're going to be advocating for uh, help for our young people, for uh, support for our young people, uh, safe places for our young people, and uh, uh, we're going to get these numbers down. There's no way every seven days a young person in the state of Georgia should be committing suicide. There's no reason for that. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. It's it's tragic. But if we start talking about it, we can make a difference. We will. All right. Thank you so much, Makiba Reed Johnson. Thank you. We'll be uh, hearing a lot more from you. And uh, hey, I want you to just go out now and make it it a good day for not only yourself, but somebody else. We'll see you next time. All right. Black Metal Matters.